spiritual discipline is the intentional work we do to improve as Christians. We want to become more like Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, imitate him as he imitates Jesus. The whole purpose being that we become more like Jesus. By becoming better at being like Jesus, we both increase our effectiveness for the kingdom and also decrease our likelihood of stumbling in sin. It can, as Braden said last week, come in all kinds of different forms. If we're exercising to build ourselves up physically, we might do chin-ups for our arms, squats for our legs, and jogging to increase our endurance. Like physical exercise, each type of spiritual discipline can help improve and shape a different part of our lives in Christ Jesus. This week, we're going to look at the spiritual discipline of service. Like exercise, a spiritual discipline must be repeated regularly to increase our ability, strength, and endurance. Bruce Lee once said that he wasn't afraid of a man who had tried 10,000 kicks, but he was afraid of a man who had done one kick 10,000 times. We need to do our discipline 10,000 times. We need to master the discipline through repetition and focus for it to truly improve us. Service as a spiritual discipline has a pretty simple layout. You do things for others because they need the help. It helps us to develop as Christians, and it also pleases God. God the Father set the pattern for serving for the benefit of others. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That scripture describes what it is at its core that God did for us. The whole of Romans chapter 5 explains this in detail. But the gist of it is all in Romans 5 chapter 8, or 5 verse 8. And the beauty of it is, is I'm not going to read you the whole of Romans chapter 5, but I really recommend that you do. In fact, while I'm reading this, if you get bored with me and you just want to go and read Romans chapter 5, that would actually be a cool thing. But here is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. Now, in both of these cases, the scripture specifies that God gives Jesus for us. Now, in the first case, 
It's to redeem us. It's to, uh, in John 3, 16 and 17, it's, it's to save us. And he specifies that. But 5, 8 in Romans specifies that he did it while we were yet sinful. And that's a huge thing. While we were in opposition to God, while we were busily doing the things that he said don't do, that is when he saved us. And that is service. When we talk about service, one of the ideas that a lot of people fall into, rightly or wrongly, well, wrongly, I can't kid, is that there's some people that you don't do things for because they're bad people. We want to help good people. And I see where people's heads go with that. We're going to look at some scriptures in a second that kind of lean us that way. But if God had only helped people who deserved it, he never would have saved us. He never would have saved me. And to be blunt, he never would have saved you. But he did. And because he leads this way, we see that our acts of service are not meant just for nice people. James, the brother of Jesus, explains about service and its simplicity in his letter. James chapter 1, verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James makes it so simple. Religion is the codified rules of worshiping a god. It's the ABCs of how to worship a god. And the religion that our god accepts is caring for widows and orphans in their distress and us keeping ourselves from becoming sinful. Once we've been forgiven, we're forgiven. But we can chase that rabbit anytime. Jesus himself, while rebuking the Pharisees for putting roadblocks in front of people, making it harder for them to be closer to God, said this about serving others in Matthew 23, 11 and 12. Whoever is the greatest should be the servant of the others. If you put yourself above others, you will be put down. But if you humble yourself, you will be honored. Now, let's, let's go with the first line right there. Whoever is the greatest should be the servant of others. These scriptures that we're looking at, and a couple more, are here for a very clear purpose. They are to show us that the thrust of Scripture is that we care for other people, we serve other people, and that it is pleasing to God. 
But sometimes, let's face it, we don't want to. We have too much stuff on our own plate. You gotta go to work, you gotta take care of the kids, you've gotta uh, go and do the things for your family that have to be done, maybe you gotta go grocery shopping, you gotta, and, and you gotta pay the bills, and you gotta, and you gotta, and you gotta, and, and the money is smaller. The money is always smaller than the things that you need to do. And so then you gotta juggle that around. So how can I do things, I, how can I possibly buy food for people? I can't buy food for my own family. Whoever is the greatest should be the servant of the others. If you put yourself above others, you will be put down. But if you humble yourself, you will be honored. The question, is not how do I do this, because we'll explain that in a second. The question is, do you want to be honored by God? Spiritual discipline is a process that we go through, whether the format is service, or fasting, or prayer, or worship, uh, or, or studying the scriptures. It's a process that we do for the very same reason that we exercise, that we jog, that we do squats, that we do push-ups or sit-ups or, or go to the gym or do yoga or, or any of those things that people do to become more physically fit. We want to become more spiritually fit. And we do it because it pleases God and puts us in a better relationship with Him. And it helps the people. We don't do this to get paid. We don't do this to uh, get a worldly benefit. The spiritual di discipline is to bring us a spiritual benefit. I want to bring this specifically into focus through what Jesus says. What did he say about serving others? He came at it from two angles. He covered what we would consider the natural, that is, the physical world around us, and the supernatural, that part of the world that we cannot normally access and direct and control, but things are different now. Matthew 5:42. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now right there, that would have been a huge problem for me. I don't lend money. Many of you have heard this from me before. I don't lend money, ever, because it creates a problem. If you don't pay me back my money, I get grumpy. That's pretty normal. In fact, that's so normal that what I do now is I give money. If I have the money to give, I give it, and I don't expect to get it back. But the scripture doesn't say that. It says, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Could be a hammer 
could be your favorite gravy boat since it's so close to Christmas and we all love gravy. Maybe they want your gravy boat. Don't turn away from them. This is the start of the discipline of service. And Jesus' directive is very specific. <laughs> you can't say, well, he's talking about doing it in a loving way, maybe just sharing the gospel with them. No, that's not what he said. Give to the one who asks you. So you're walking uptown, and somebody comes up to you, and they say, can I have $5? And you've got $5 in your pocket. Give them the $5. It's hard, particularly at the start. It's hard, like exercise. When you start exercising, you can't do as much. When you start exercising, you get tired so quickly, and oh my gosh, my arms are gonna fall off, and, and, and I can't hang here anymore, it's, it's too much. So you start off, and you work up to it. But you still try. So if somebody asks, you give. And you don't turn away from who wants to bore you. That's the very worldly part. How could we be expected to do that? Well, we'll get back to that. Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It's that last phrase. That last phrase explains how we can do this. When we were talking about tithing, when we were talking about the blessed life and watching the video, a very constant theme through that is that we understand where we get our stuff. It's not ours. God gives it to us. God gives us the ability to work. People say, oh, I worked for my money. I go out there and I put in my hours and the sweat of my brow and, and I did this and I did that. Yes, you did with the capability that God gave you. God formed the muscle of your arms so that you can work. God gave you the intelligence and the ability to learn so that you can learn things so that you can work. God created everything so that we can receive it. And what we re freely receive from God, we give freely. But let's start with the supernatural part of it. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Sometimes we get a little edgy about this stuff. We're not entirely comfortable about it. And I understand that. We don't see it on a daily basis. Somebody called you up and they said, Oh my gosh, my pipe burst. 
and there's water everywhere we would feel very comfortable with that we would feel very very safe with that okay go turn off your main and i'll show up show, show up over and and we'll either patch the pipe if we need to do that for a little bit till a plumber can come or if we can fix it we'll take out the pipe we'll put in a new one that feels very safe but casting out demons raising the dead that's a little scary because we've never necessarily seen it work but jesus doesn't tell us to do things that don't happen When you're with someone who is in need, when you visit somebody, well, we're not visiting anybody right now, are we? But the beauty of that is that prayer doesn't have to be right next to a person. There is no time or space limit on prayer. If I pray right now for somebody in Australia, the Lord hears it, the Lord deals with it. He's not pestered by silly little things like distance in the way that we are. So never, ever, ever be afraid to pray for someone. Never, ever, ever be afraid to say something that seems impossible in prayer. Because God does what seems to us to be impossible. And He gives that freely. Now, believe me when I say I understand the thought that is going through some people's heads right now. You can't tell me to go out there and try and raise the dead. Sure I can. Because Jesus says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Because it does work. Does it happen every time? No. Sometimes God's answer is no. But what happens if we never ask for it? What happens if we never pray for a person who is sick? Then we didn't pray for them. What if, let's make it a little easier on ourselves. What if somebody's sick and, and we didn't bring them something to eat? Or maybe make sure that they had warm blankets. What if, what if a person was lost and we didn't go looking for them? What if a person had no shirt and we had two? See, the opportunities for us to do are huge. And I want... We're going we're gonna to come back to this in, in just a minute, but there's, a, there's an issue here that we have to consider. How does God see what it is we're trying to do? The spiritual discipline of serving bears directly on our relationship with God for a very particular reason. And we're still in Matthew. We're going to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to look at verses 31 to 36, and then verse 40, 
and verse 45. I'm, I'm encapsulating the story for you. You can go through it, and honestly, if you just read Matthew 25, you're going to read some earth-moving stuff for you. But right now, we're going to look specifically at 25, 31 to 36, then 40 and 45. And this is Jesus speaking to the people and explaining something very important. When the Son of Man comes in His glory with all of His angels, He will sit on His royal throne. The people of all nations will be brought before Him, and He will separate them as shepherds separate their sheep from their goats. He will place the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, My father has blessed you. Come and receive the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world was created. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. And when I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in jail, you visited me. And down to verse 40. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then verse 45, he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. When we serve people, we serve Jesus. We serve God. And it has that effect. It shows Him our love. It shows Him our devotion. And I want to touch on that last one that he mentioned in verse 36. The two of them are, or the three of them that are in 36, are all of a theme. And when I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in jail, you visited me. These are three things that we would consider kind of unpleasant. People who have no clothing, who are literally naked. Do you go over to them? If you were uptown, or you're at the mall, or you're anywhere, and you see a person naked, is your impulse to run away from them? Or is your impulse to put your coat over them so that they have some cover? There's the question. We want to build up, through spiritual discipline, our instinct to put our coat on the person. When they're sick, taking care of a sick person can be pretty messy. 
taking care of a, a sick child. If you've ever done that, you know it can be one of the messiest, stinkiest things that you have ever done. And taking care of a sick grown-up can be even worse because there's so much more of everything, right? But it still needs to be done. It still needs to be done. People need to be cared for. And very often our instinct is to get away from that. Our instinct is to not go anywhere near. For several reasons. One, it might smell bad. It might look bad. Maybe we're scared of getting sick ourselves. You think of all the people who are frontline healthcare workers, not just here in New Brunswick, not just in Atlantic Canada, not just in Canada, but in the world, the frontline workers who are getting COVID-19 because they're caring for people. That's tough. That's service. And maybe we can't right away jump in and do, you know, big care for people. Maybe, maybe we're not there yet. But again, let me bring you back to the idea of like physical exercise. We start by doing what we can. And we build our endurance. We build our ability to serve, to help, to care for people. So maybe today, you know, I offer somebody a box of Kleenex at a distance or I throw it at them or something. And, and that's today. And maybe tomorrow I can hand it to them. And maybe the day after that, I can pull it out and give it to them. And maybe down the road after doing this over and over and over again, I am able to care for the sick. Hands on. The last one, the last one is the one that can be a problem because he was in jail. And he doesn't say, when I was falsely imprisoned, he doesn't say, well, when they grabbed me and threw me in jail for no apparent reason, he just says I was in jail. Maybe the person is guilty. Maybe they're a bad person. We don't just care for good people. We care for people. Because way back at the start, John 3.16, for God so loved the whole world that he sent his son. Not just bits and pieces. Spiritual discipline is a process of repetition by which we build our strength, our capacity, and our endurance in each area. And in the process of service, we start doing what we can. Maybe, maybe today is the day that I bring somebody a sandwich. I'll tell you an area that I've got to work on. <laughs> because, you know, if you ask Hazel, she'll tell you I sit there and I grumble in the car seat. When we're, when we're driving home from someplace and, and we go up over the highway and there's that space there where people stand 
with signs. And, and maybe the sign says, homeless, please help, or I'm hungry and I haven't eaten today, or, or, or something like that. And I get annoyed because I know some of those guys. And they have homes. And they're lying. Not all of them, but some of them. Because potentially, you can make quite a bit of money up there. You know, if, uh, if you stand there for an hour, 500 cars go by you, and 10 cars out of the 500 hand you some money, that's a pocket full of money. And that annoys me. <laughs> Hazel gets, because uh, I grumble pretty loud when I see this, right? And this is an area that I've got to work on because God doesn't ask me to evaluate their circumstances. What did he say? He said, if somebody asks, give. If they're looking to borrow, don't turn away. And that's a place where I've got to work. I've got to change that. And I do that through spiritual discipline. I start doing what I can. So I actually have. When I'm able to be verbal with them, I greet them in a friendly way. Why am I doing that? As opposed to simply just handing them a bucket of money. Because I'm trying to change myself. That's why we do a spiritual discipline. We want to shape ourselves into a better form. Into something that works better for the kingdom that is more like Jesus. And so I am starting in the same way that I would with exercise. I'm doing something repetitively at the start so that I can get a bit of momentum doing it, so that it can become a habit, so that it changes how I think, and so that then I can do more. Discipline is a process of organized work. Being disciplined about the spiritual makes as much sense as it does about anything else in our lives. If we want to be better, if we want to be more like Jesus, we have to put the effort in. Serving others is literally helping them to do something. Maybe helping them eat, or be warm, or perhaps pay a bill. It could be running errands for them when they cannot leave their home due to COVID restrictions. It could be giving somebody money that you will never see again. Like exercise, it is okay to start slowly and to do something that's easier for you to do as long as that's not where you stop. If you want to build yourself up physically and you say, okay, I'm going to start by walking uh, for, for 10 minutes a day. That's great. That's a good start if you're not walking at all. But after a week or two weeks, if you're still only walking for 10 minutes, unless you have a health concern, you're probably actually now limiting yourself. Where do we get this stuff to help people? Well, God freely gives it to us. So we're to freely give. 
to increase our capability of giving, we need to give. We need to serve. Find someone near you that you can help and help them. For years and years, it was a big deal. Churches put together what they called mission trips. And the mission trips very often were to some place that was sunny and warm and tropical and had beautiful beaches. Uh, and they would go down and they might help build a church building. And they might help, um, you know, organize things and they would bring things with them. And don't get me wrong, that's not a wrong thing to do. But it's not where you start. Where you start is looking around your house. Who in your house could you help? Who in your neighborhood could you help? Who do you see every day that you could just help? Maybe you go to work and there's a person who's struggling. And even worse, they're a person that annoys you. They annoy the heck out of you. But maybe you could help them. Maybe you could help them by when they're turning around trying to reach something, you just grab it and put it in their hand. That's helping. That's serving. And by starting with that and continuing it and working it, we increase our ability to help. Until down the road, we are doing the things that people say, that has to be God working through that person. It's a big deal. It's a spiritual discipline. And it helps us with all the other spiritual disciplines. Because as we become more like Jesus through doing these things, and, and don't make any mistake, Jesus' entire life on earth was to serve us. He taught us about the gospel. He saved us from our sins. He gave us new life when he was resurrected. He gave us the Holy Spirit who works through us and helps us to do things like heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits. God gives us everything that we need to do this. We just need to practice it, practice it, practice it. Do it 10,000 times and you'll start to master this. And when that happens, as that happens, bring somebody along with you like Jesus did. The disciples learned to do these things because Jesus did them first in front of them. That is serving someone, making disciples, and helping them to share the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, sometimes helping other people, serving other people, feels bad to us. Our pride gets in the way. I'm better than having to do that. And I feel that a lot, Father. But I ask that your spirit would help us to serve. In the same way that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, you would help us to wash the feet of those around us.
that you would remind us that if we would be great in your kingdom, we have to make ourselves less, to be servants of the people around us, whether we like them or not, and that you will give us opportunity to practice this so that we can get better at it. Father, I ask your blessing on each one of our congregation, of our city, of our province, and our country, that they would feel your presence and know your peace. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.